0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave O. Don't look now, but the Royals are the hottest team in Major League Baseball. And boy, does it feel good. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. It's Dave O with your dish after game two of the three-game set at Chicago, another series victory for the Royals as they can go for the sweep tomorrow. They win 9 to 1 behind seven shutout innings from Mr. Danny Duffy and 16 hits banged out by the Royals offense. And yeah, the Royals are now 8 and 3 in the month of June, 8 and 3. They've won 6 in a row and route to getting back to 35 and 32. And they are 11-4 in their last 15 since getting swept by Houston. Did anybody in the world see the Royals, who had the worst record in the American League at that time when they got swept by Houston, did anybody see the Royals going 11-4 their next 15 and see the Tigers collapsing and getting right back to within a game and a half? I don't think anybody saw that coming. But gosh, we'll take it, and we'll hope the Royals keep going. They always say if you give somebody an inch, they'll take a yard. Well, you know, the Royals kind of did that in this game with some defense, you know, some issues by the White Sox in a big five-run inning. We'll talk about that more here in a few minutes, but you keep things open for the Royals or other teams. Detroit has done that, and the Royals have now gotten hot, and things are now interesting, and it's going to be a fun summer, I believe, in Kansas City as the Royals are in the most difficult month of their schedule, most likely, here in June and sitting 8-3 and three so far. Let's keep it going. Like I said, just a game and a half back of Detroit. The Royals, no matter what happens tomorrow, can be in first place by this time on Wednesday night. Pretty amazing. But let's talk about today and tomorrow first. Today starts, obviously, with Mr. Danny Duffy, who completely dominated the White Sox hitters, especially in the early innings of this game. Danny Duffy was just absolutely fantastic. A Royals starter strikes out nine for the second straight day. Jeremy Guthrie last night, Danny Duffy nine strikeouts and seven-plus shutout innings, allowing just five hits, only one walk with the 9Ks. Good God Duffy is good out there right now, isn't he? We'll talk about his numbers since going to the rotation here in a second, but give Aaron Crow some credit for cleaning up the seventh as Duffy allowed the leadoff hit to Adam Eaton when Ned gave him the hook. An inauspicious, squirrelless frame, we can call that for Crows. The seventh inning was not the best inning of his career, but he got through it. Then, Michael Marriott is normal one run allowed in the ninth inning on a home run by Paul Conarko. He now has an ERA of 6.75, and Makes you wonder how much longer Marriott's going to stay up here in the major leagues. And you've got guys like Spencer Patton with ERAs around one and whips under .8 down there at AAA. And you've got Buddy Baum in ERAs under two and Casey Coleman ERAs in the two. Blake Wood, a perfect ERA since coming over. You've got those kind of arms down in Omaha, plus Bruce Chen coming up soon. You have to think Michael Marriott's times in the big leagues, at least for now, could be winding down. But once again, like we talked about yesterday, if we're – the last couple of days, all we've had to talk about negative – and it's 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 grasping at straws too. I mean, we talked about Tim Collins who had a scoreless inning last night, and now tonight it's Michael Marriott. The mop-up guy in the ninth is our biggest concern right now, and that means you're going pretty good. So, <laughs> we'll take that all day long. But let's go back to Danny Duffy right now, and don't emphasize overemphasize what to say don't overemphasize enough how big he's been since going back into the rotation because. It's scary to me how how similar this is to Zach Grinky when Grinky credited David Risky for helping to turn his career around when he went to the bullpen as far as getting back a focus and coming back out and learning how to pitch better. It's It's scary to see how different Danny Duffy looks even since April. As far as not having to go max effort every single pitch, as far as controlling his emotion better, as far as pitch count being down, as far as attacking the zone. His last eight outings... Since becoming a starter, let's go through this. Here's the earned run amounts of Danny Duffy since becoming a starter eight games ago. Eight appearances ago for him, I should say. One. One. Zero, five. five zero, three, zero. Eight starts since Duffy went back in the rotation. Five of his eight starts, he's allowed one run or less earned. Five of his eight starts, one run or less. Including three of those eight, he's allowed zero. Unreal. He now sits at four and five with a two eight three ERA, and with Ventura going well, you just have to knock on wood and hope that the Royals are finally starting to catch a break with their young pitching. You know, we've seen teams like Tampa and Oakland and all these teams develop pitchers off of trees. It seemed like, not to be confused with a third base tree that Ned Jo, you know, Ned Yost talks about, but just could the Royals finally be developing their own starting pitching, good starting pitching, and batches of it at the same time? Knock on wood, those two guys can continue this, and, and there seems to be little signs that they won't. There's not too much that would tell you it's a fluke at all. I mean, it's you could say with Duffy, his strikeouts haven't been there, and perhaps it's not sustainable, but then he goes out today and strikes out nine. I think the strikeouts are there when he wants them to be there. I think he's learning, though, he doesn't have to strike people out all the time, which is nice. Just control the ball, throw strikes. His stuff is good enough to get guys out. So, you know, if you have two right there, you really need three stud starters to have things locked down the next three to five years in the rotation, you know you got Vargas locked up for a couple more years, and you got Jeremy Guthrie next year, and to go along with Ventura and Duffy, and if you can get Zimmer and or Minaya, or some of these other guys that got coming up here through the minor league system, Almonte, Jason Adam, Christian Benford, on and on and on. We'll wait to talk about the first rounder until he actually signs this year, but looking good right now for the Royals. I'm cautiously optimistic about the future of this starting rotation. So Danny Duffy, just give him credit. To me, he was the one that really sealed the game today, especially because the Royals didn't score until the fourth. Now, for the second straight night, not only did the Royals pitcher strike out nine, but they had five runs in an inning for the second straight night. Tonight, it was in the top of the fourth. So until then, Duffy held the White Sox down, and then we saw the Royals today total hit six extra base hits. Now, the big flies weren't in that big fourth inning, but number six for Moose on the year, number two for Billy. That was nice seeing an oppo shot there for Billy in the ninth. The Royals saw three hits for Moose in this game and six different Royals had at least two hits. Alcides Escobar keeps that hitting streak going. Salvador Perez, Alex Gordon, Billy Butler, Eric Cosmer, Omar Infante. Two hits apiece for those guys and every single Royal had a hit for the second straight night except for one, which was tonight Lorenzo Kane's turn as he went 0 for 5. But credit the Royals there in that fourth inning. Yes, the Royals probably should have only gotten two runs in that inning. Maybe only one at that sharp grounder that Kane hits the third bases fielded cleanly. That is a run there in that double play ball, but you know, the Royals did come back and get some hits after that, so we'll just say they would have had two there. But as it turned out, it wouldn't have mattered. You know, the Royals added on some runs later, and they only gave up one in this game, and the game was won by the pitching today, in my mind. But But the offense just poured it on. It was good to see. It's just an all-around good game by the Royals today. Like I said, only two small, small, small grasping at straws negatives would be the error by Moose, perhaps getting thrown out at third Aoki, but the game was like you know the Royals were up by 30 runs by then when he got thrown out to lead off an inning trying to go to third in a triple, and then you had the the shaky inning by Marriott. Maybe Crow wasn't as best, but I mean we're, those are just completely grasping at straws things. There's just not much negative to talk about, which is fantastic. And it's funny because it's it seems like some Royals fans on Twitter. You know, and people I talk to are like, "Man, I love listening to your to your dish, but it's more fun when they lose." Well, why is it more fun? Well, because it's funner to you know second guess and blah blah. I hate doing these after losses. You know, we'll point out what needs to be pointed out in a, in a fair way, but you know, if you can't enjoy this, I don't know what's wrong with you. If you're not listening to this and just jumping for joy right now, I'm worried about you. This is what we've been waiting for for all these years. You know, going back 20-plus years, and even with the Dayton Moore regime in the last eight years, we've kind of been looking towards 2012, 2013, 2014, and we saw glimpses of it last year, and now we're seeing glimpses of it again this year as the Royals go through the toughest stretch of their schedule, arguably, here in the month of June. They're off to an 8-3 start, and they should sweep this series tomorrow. They really should. James Shields, your ace, a guy who, as we've mentioned, during this hot streak, has, you know, his last start, he was good, but the majority of the last month, he's been pretty bad for his standards down for his standards. Bad might be a strong word, but down for his standards. We talked about that, though. If you look back at Shields in his career, he goes through a a time like this typically right around early to mid-June. He has kind of a dead arm. This is pretty common for him throughout his career before he gets stronger again down the stretch. So no shocker, but the way this White Sox offense is swinging right now, they don't look real great. Shields should have a heavy ball tomorrow with that ballpark facing south, you know, and on and on and on. I, I just love the Royals' chances tomorrow as they face Andre Rienzo, especially because Rienzo got them just, what, four starts ago for him in Kansas City? He struck out eight Royals in six innings, allowing just two runs. That was four starts ago for Rienzo. But he's just clinging to his spot in the rotation. He's 4-3 and three with a 5-2-5, five, five, and he's going just five innings per start. So a guy like that who shut you down last time, I don't think it's happening again. The Royals look like a different team right now. And the way the White Sox are swinging and the way Shields is capable and knowing that you have Wade Davis completely fresh and Greg Holland completely fresh and Kelvin Herrera completely fresh, knowing that your top pitchers are completely fresh tomorrow, you're facing a guy who's fighting for his life and you're hot. It just seems like the perfect storm for a nice Royals win tomorrow. I would think if the Royals could put four on the board, the game's over tomorrow. The way Shields hopefully will go tomorrow and the way they have their freshest and best arms available tomorrow so it's looking good what if we sweep tomorrow we said coming into this trip we wanted 4 and 3 on this trip we said 2 out of 3 in Chicago and a split in Detroit well we've got a 2 out of 3 in Detroit but or in Chicago excuse me but I think it's time to get that sweep now Detroit wins today big the royals are being a game and a half back you have to think that they're about due to start playing better they've been as cold as the royals were last May just about only only pacing about two games ahead of the royals may from last year so you got to think they're going to tread around they're too talented the royals of course, missed their worst starter, Rick Purcello, and get all four of the best ones. But I guess we can't bitch too much. We did miss, you know, Kuroda, and then now we missed uh, uh, Chris Sale here. Um, Tanaka, by the way, not Kuroda. What am I talking about? I'm getting all these Japanese pitchers for the Yankees. Who am I going to throw out next? Hideki Arabu? <laughs> El Duque, but he wasn't from there, so... <laughs> Oh, goodness. i got to keep these guys straight for the Yankees. I don't like to think about the Yankees. But anyway, the Royals will go tomorrow for the sweep. I like their chances big time tomorrow. We'll see what they can do. Either way, it's kind of a gravy game. You don't want to call it a gravy game because you've got your ace going against the worst pitcher for Chicago, but you have won the series. You are in great shape going into Detroit no matter what happens. But gosh, if you could win tomorrow, make it seven in a row, make it nine and three in June and just go into Detroit. At that point, you know, you still want the split for the five and two road trip, but Even if you only win one, it's not a disaster. You still go four and three on the trip. Now, if you lose two out of three against Chicago and only win one in Detroit, it's kind of a disaster. But as things turned out, that's not going to happen, it looks like, as the Royals should be able to easily get to four wins in this road trip with five games to go and a very, very winnable one tomorrow. So we'll have it here for you on Clubhouse Conversation. Happy Father's Day if you are a dad. If not, spend some time hopefully with yours. Maybe watch the ball game with them, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow, late afternoon, here on Clubhouse Conversation.